Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Christelle Rubio, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit, from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind-the-scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of, what does being fit mean to you? My guest today is a cancer survivor turned fitness enthusiast, director of digital studio and lead trainer at System of Strength in Columbus, and a 2017 Women's Health Next Fitness Star finalist. She believes if you can survive the struggle in the gym, you'll be stronger outside too. Please welcome Darcy Wyan. Did I say your last name right? You did. Oh, good. Thank goodness. <laughs> welcome, Darcy. I'm so happy to have you here. It's so surreal actually talking to you through the screen, but it actually seems appropriate and fitting since I feel like I already know you from the digital studio at System of Strength, which literally like saved my life during COVID. Oh, I love to hear that. I've taken so many of your high and tight classes. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, what was your, what's your favorite? What's your go-to? So I typically like control the most. I'm a weightlifting girly. Yes, but it. but I love high and tight, too, because especially when I was working through, I have a lot of like hip issues. My femur bones are misshapen. And so it causes like a lot of tightness. And I wasn't turning on my glutes properly. And high and tight really helped me to find my glutes. Yes. You have to. Have you done glute medicine? No. Well, every person in the world, <laughs> but especially those with like hips or they need glute med work, runners. I mean, really any human should be doing glute medicine on the digital studio. Yes. Okay. That's a good tip. I do remember one class we were, you had us, I, I was just like shredding paper plates, doing like sliders on my carpet, yes. like just like screaming and like sweating <laughs> for like 20 minutes in some sort of plank. But, but it seriously got me through. I mean, I... Pre-COVID was, you know, bouncing around to all kinds of different fitness studios. And then when everything shut down, I really feel like System of Strength had such an advantage mm -hmm. at a time when everyone was trying to go digital. Mm -hmm. You guys were kind of already set up. So your mm -hmm. quality, like you as instructors, which I want to talk about, like you were comfortable in front of the camera already. Mm -hmm. So like it just made a world of a difference from a participant's perspective. Mm -hmm. But um, since I had been bouncing around so much, I don't think I was really seeing results because I wasn't sticking to something consistently. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the mm -hmm. same thing consistently. And so the two or three months, however long it was, when I was working in the digital studio, I was actually able to see like, oh my gosh, I'm getting stronger because I'm doing, you know, similar things. I only have 10 and 15 pound weights. So mm -hmm. I knew what it felt like to do a move at 10 pounds, then to move to 15 and then, you know, to be like, I could go up again. Yeah. And so that like, I'm not kidding, like literally transformed my fitness career. I started strength training, like I got a trainer and I've just like totally kind of shifted the way I approach fitness, all thanks to Digital Studio, I kid you oh, not. I love that, yeah, because yeah. we're doing it in front of just ourselves, right? Like, especially COVID kind of kicked off us just doing it individually. Yeah. Um, I do think a lot of people don't know that we had a Digital Studio three to five years before COVID, right. so we had hundreds of videos on there yep. that we really took the approach of like raw, unedited, and still to this day it's that way, but like people in class, we were videoing live classes that, that we yeah. were doing, um, you know, offering for free in the studio. But I think it was so nice for viewers to be like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling with that person to Darcy's right or whatever. And so it was just different. And then, you know, shifting into to COVID and doing it individually. It's like we do it for ourselves, but we never know who's on the other end and if anyone's even watching. So yep. when I see people, we hear that all the time, just about like getting people through COVID and being their mental outlet uh, during that time. And so it's amazing that, that people resonate yeah. with that. And, oh, know. yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I would love you guys would like call people out like in class. And then if people could like get on, I don't know how you did this, maybe with like a live or something, but you would see people join and you would mm -hmm. like call people out who were yeah. joining. And yeah, just like you're in your living room on carpet, at least I am, like the least motivating environment it could possibly be to like want to do star jacks or whatever it is that we're doing. <laughs> like my coffee table was permanently pushed against the wall. But then to like just, I don't know, you guys were able to just put energy through my laptop, which was crazy. I'm really interested, like what was it like behind the scenes during that time? Like were you like, what's it like teaching a class to know? And I know you had some of those classes, right? Yeah. That were, but then there were new ones that you would put out regularly because you guys were always pumping out content. Yeah. yeah. And then if you're just like teaching to a camera. Teaching to a camera. Yeah, that was just different because that's not what we did like previously. We always had the energy of the room. So it was a different dynamic. But I think early on, I mean, it was a shit show behind the yeah. scenes, right? Like trying to figure out how we can do this. Interesting enough, we had just moved uh, platforms, like our digital studio platforms to the one we're on today, like in January. Oh, wow. And so where we were prior to would have not been conducive to what happened, nor would we have had the capacity probably to move. So it, it's very weird, the timing, because where we are yeah. now is great um, on Vimeo. And um, so trying to figure out like, okay, how many people could be in the studio? How far apart are we going to be from the videographer? Like what oh, equipment yeah. are we using? And we just made the decision, like we need to go full steam ahead with this. We have the capacity, we have the camera, we have the people, like let's just do it, uh, make the investment in doing live streaming, which was is a big investment to do. And what is, what is that like? And it's like me in there figuring yeah. out how to live stream with no IT background. I mean, the amount yeah. of things that I learned, <laughs> it was amazing and incredible because I was so invested and committed to keeping this up and running and to getting it so we could live stream and keep up with everybody else that was using like Facebook live, Instagram yeah. live, but let's do it on our platform. I mean, it was such, it was so wild, but it so is fun wild at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And knowing like, I mean, watching the subscribers skyrocket and people were so interactive, even though we didn't have the interactive platform of like the live features and Instagram and stuff. So to know that we were out there gave us energy hearing from people as to how much it was helping them get through. There's such a yeah. isolated, challenging time for us all. Totally. And I think it just speaks to the community that you have over at SOS. Yeah. I mean, I know Carrie and Gretchen really well, and I'm just always amazed at like the creation of community that they're able to foster. It's really special, definitely. It is, yeah. it is. I am like beyond blessed to be a part of that for the last 10 years. Like it, it for, for sure, no matter what else I do in my life, it'll be one of like, I know Matt and I's greatest accomplishments is being able to be involved in that and help create um, the culture that we have. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's rewind a little bit and kind of go back to the beginning. How did you get into fitness? I mean, Women's health I, on the cover of Women's Health, like that's insane. How, what what happened before all that? How did you get into it? <laughs> so I did. I mean, I grew up in a household where like my dad was an avid runner, cyclist, mm. um, you know, uh, triathlon. So like I've always been around it, um, and you know, eating healthy and fitness. And I never saw it, like my dad never was punishment or anything like that. So oh, it was always good. shed in a positive light, doing things outdoors, like walking, hiking. So it's always been around. And then. Um, how I guess I never would have thought I'd be a fitness instructor at all, or that's where my path would lead me. But following Gretchen early on when it was just her, she would rent spaces out in Columbus that mm. for you no, know, whatever. And you just sign up and then she would tell you basically 10 minutes before class where we're going and where the it's space is like a secret pop-up location. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we went to one and then ha Carrie happened to be there. And as I, they rolled out the first studio in the back of an alley, glorified garage, as I'm sure you've heard many times. Mm -hmm. um, Carrie came up after a couple of classes and they were looking for another instructor outside of themselves. And they had one other person, would you ever be interested in teaching? I was like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about this at all. Like it's never even crossed my mind. So yeah. that's kind of how it all started. And then I always think back on my first class, like we didn't have a training process, right? It's like, okay, you like to work out here and you do pretty good at the classes. So here you go. Wow. Um, and my first class I ever taught was high and tight. Nothing of like what high and tight is now. Yeah. But the entire the entire class talked over me the whole time. No. And it, it was <sighs> I could not con 
con control room. I had no confidence. I couldn't reel these people in. Gretchen had to stand up and tell people to stop talking and listen oh to me. Oh, my gosh. So for anyone listening, <laughs> if you ever want, if you want to do something and this happened, like anything similar and you fall flat on your face, you can, you can do it. It doesn't, that's not the end. Yeah, <laughs> just because you're end. not good at something to begin with doesn't mean you can't get better. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, over 10 years later, and it's all fine now, but just thinking back of Gretchen having to tell people to stop talking is so wild. Yeah, what it's come to. Yeah. Um, and so that's how that pretty much started. And then the women's health stuff, um, I don't even remember how I heard about it probably Instagram or something. And so there was like an application process and, you know, you talk a lot about what your, what your idea of fitness is, what you like mm. to do, kind of your story, um, and a really long submission process and, you know, applied and then got, yeah. got to go to New York and LA and wow. do all these amazing things alongside of four other incredible women. And it was such a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What, what, what do you think made you stand out from, I'm sure, the thousands and thousands of submissions for this? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, having cancer when I was 23, I do, I've always, that changed my perspective for sure uh, of yeah. what health and fitness meant. Uh, it took it beyond physical appearance or beyond a weight um, in past, like how many miles am I running on a treadmill? How long have I been on it? And all of those things that are ingrained in our head as women and in fitness yeah. culture in general and coming out of college and thinking you have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, it's like, it just became so much more than that. So a lot of the story I talked about was just about feeling strong and healthy and being able to do the things you can do that day and celebrating what you can do versus what you can't do or what size you aren't or what number on the scale it says. And I think you know, that, that resonated with it and just being challenged and being able to overcome that with, you know, positive mindset and just keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. So 23, where did you, so you're, you live in Columbus. You, mm -hmm. are you from Columbus? Yes. Yes. Where did you go to college? Ohio University. Okay, great. I went to Miami. So go Bobcats. Right across the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know it feels funny to even say like, go Red Hawks because Miami was just like, <laughs> not a sports school oh I, I mean, mean hockey but I went to like about. yeah two football games maybe like there's just <laughs> not the culture um mm -hmm. just lots of drinking outside on porches yeah, which same. I know yes from same. from visiting OU very similar right so so you graduated from OU and did you go back to Columbus I did yep, yeah back to Columbus and then what so how did the diagnosis come up like what what was that like yeah so I had been like working out a lot after school, like after graduating, feeling sure. like I had Same. gained weight and needed to lose it. So take, doing doubles, Same. you know, working out two hours a day, oh, number on yeah. a treadmill, like all of that stuff. And I when, was really not quick, feeling good. What but, year did you graduate? Um, 2009. Okay. I graduated in 2010 and I moved to Columbus from Miami. So I lived yeah. in Grandview and I was working out at the Urban Active in Grandview. Okay. That's where I was nonstop, mm -hmm. went in the morning, right. would try to go to lunch, yep. was also tanning there. So like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm picking up the vibe. Okay. So yeah. keep going. Yes. <laughs> not um, feeling great. You were not, not feeling, feeling good. good. I was not yeah. feeling, you know, you're trying to like restrict what you're eating and it's just yep. like not, and you're not happy um, and not doing the work you need to do really, which is on the inside and what's between your ears and not necessarily your outward appearance, obviously. Um, yeah but was making excuses for how I was feeling a lot, like the shortness of breath, like getting dizzy, lightheaded, having like in and out of blackouts while I'm working out and things like that. And I just kept attributing it to working out more and restricting mm. what I was eating. So yeah. probably made excuses for those feelings longer than I should have. And then I was in a spinning class and like completely blacked out and almost fell off the bike and had to like leave and called my mom crying and was like, something is not right. Like this is yeah. not normal. Um, so I went to the doctor and got a chest x-ray and then they called and um, cause I was having night sweats and all these um, other symptoms too. And just with all of that, then I got the diagnosis after that. Uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was going through your mind with the cancer diagnosis at 23? Right. I was eating at First Watch in Upper Arlington, which still exists, with my grandma. 
Um, oh. And they, I was like, oh, I'm waiting for a call from the doctor. And they called, and he said that. And, I mean, this is going to sound so silly, but I had never heard of it before. So yeah. I didn't even really comprehend that it was cancer. Like, I thought it was just, a like, a disease or something. Um, and so... You know, I went back and told my grandma, and she starts crying immediately. And so I was just in shock, I think, because I didn't really have a lot to say, and just went home and sat by myself for probably like two hours before oh, telling anyone God. else and just letting that sink in of now what, where do we go from here? Yeah. Yeah, that's terrifying. Did you do any like Googling? I feel like I would have just been like all over the Googles trying yeah. to be like, yeah, what, I like, think I, yeah, I for sure Googled it to understand, and then, you know. And then had to, you have to do all those other scans after, right? How much is it okay. spread? What stage are you at? So it is like a several week process to understand, you know, what your treatment route will be, what stage you are, uh, if it's yeah. anywhere else, you know, how, you know, how, how, what stage Like how you serious have, it is. Yeah, yeah. How serious yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how serious was it for you? What kind of treatment um, did you So have it to go was through? stage two, which is, I mean, it had only spread from my, it, so it hadn't gone downward into my lymph nodes in my like pelvis or anything it was only up so um that's good and so I had to do six months of chemotherapy and then two months every day of radiation after that Um, which they don't do radiation anymore because it's too it's just too much it's not necessary so I think even when I was going through it studies were coming out that maybe you don't have to do that but at Mm -hmm. the time it was still the recommendation because my oncologist was like I don't think this will be around forever, but for right now, this is the treatment route that they um, recommend. Yeah. recommend, but it's because you're getting radiation on my chest. So that comes with a lot of other things with breast cancer and, and breast issues later in your life from getting radiation in that part. So it's like you're getting cured from one thing to maybe get sick with something else. Oh man. And how going through treatment, I just feel like I, I'm thinking of myself at 23. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to go out and party with my friends all the time. And I, yeah, I wanted to be super active and I was just trying to like figure out what I wanted to do with my life. You know, yes, you're graduated from college, but I don't know about you, but I was still like a lost soul. I'm like, what what am I going to do? I have this big degree and like not an idea. Um, So how did you like get through that? Did you have like a good system that you really leaned on did it like physically take a toll on you what was like your mental space yeah I mean that whole time period feels so fast yet like I did not enjoy any bit of like 23 to 28 like I just think that is such a complicated time I mean don't you kind of feel like that whole time period is 100% you're supposed to be something you're supposed to be grown up you're not you have no money no you're like supposed to it's just it's just (laughs) ugh. I did not like it at all and then add cancer on top of it and it was like this is just not it. You're like, get me to 30. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but it was extremely hard because that's like all my friends were still traveling. You're making like a little bit of money and, yeah. you know, so you can travel. And I had, I tried to go so hard the other way of like, I'm going to travel every weekend and do all of the things so that sure. nobody pinpoints me as someone that can't or that I, I don't want to not be included in things because of what I'm going through. Um, that I think that probably drained me emotionally and physically a lot more. You're going into it, though, fit, healthy, and young, so you have everything on your side. Mm -hmm. So it took, and I think that was maybe one of the hardest parts for me. I really didn't feel too bad going through everything Mm -hmm. because you're starting at such a healthy point. So it took a lot longer to take a toll. Like, things didn't start happening physically until everything was over. Like, I specifically remember July 3rd, I'd gone to Charleston with my friends on a trip, and it was I because I had been done with chemo, Mm. and I hadn't shaved my head yet, so I was hanging on to, like, two strands of hair, a huge bald spot, and, like, wearing my wig. I went to the beach, and it was extremely windy, and I just had a full fucking panic attack. Like, I've never, I've had maybe two in my whole life. I, like, can't breathe. I'm sitting under this towel, like, my, because I can't wear my wig down there. I'm with people I don't know that are all their friends from college, and they can't understand what I'm going through and I don't expect them to and we're all young and they just want to have a good time and I'm at just at the absolute lowest point of my life and like yeah thank god one of my 
best friends booked me a flight back immediately and we left like that day when we were like we got to get out of here yeah Yeah. this this is not it (laughs) yeah um so we left and I came back and on July 4th shaved my head at my parents house and like afterwards jumped in their swimming pool and just like went under and literally under the water like sitting there and it felt like such a burden to take that off and to shed that layer of like you're holding on to this identity in your hair as a woman and that's what we hide behind and feel confident in and but and I was hanging on to it for all the wrong reasons and it was such like an uplifting this was the last piece I had to shed to be able to move forward. Um, wow. And I like get chills talking about I it. I just now, got still, chills. I just got chills. It's just, yeah, like it's just so hard to explain that moment, but that was when everything was done. And then the, the being tired, the feeling sick still, I mean, that lasted for probably a year after. And that the hardest part is that people show up when you're going through it, when you're in it. But when the calls stop, when you, when they think you're done, yeah, that's when you still need people to show up and that's when yeah. it stops and no fault to the people that care about you. It's just, yeah. it's top of mind. And then when it's not anymore, that's usually when people need you the most. Yeah, no, totally. I can definitely relate to that. I lost my younger brother in a motorcycle accident back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first, you know, couple weeks, right? You've right. got funeral, you've got everything. And like, that is when people mm-hmm. show up, show out. And it's amazing. And it's so comforting. Yeah. And it's like everything. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, his birthday the next year, or, you know, like the yeah. anniversary, the next, it's like those moments when you're like, oh, man, I wish I was getting all the texts then. Right. And right. I think that, again, no fault to people like their lives go on and right. everyone's lives go on. And it has helped me to be definitely more like mm-hmm. empathetic in that yeah. way. Now, if I know someone loses someone, I like get the date on the calendar, yeah. like just, you know, get Always. to keep, yeah, extending that love past, past the, the really hard time, but just like into like the maintenance even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When anyone asks like, oh, like I know someone going through cancer, what, what gift did you get or what, how could I support them or what could I do? I, it's always the advice I give. It's like, of course, the things up front and you want them to know you're there. And that means a lot when you're getting early diagnoses and going through things initially. But it's the months after the weeks, after the anniversaries, those pivotal moments that in a second can take you back to the space you were in emotionally. And yeah, and you just, you know, if somebody reaches out at that time, that can mean so much more. Yeah, definitely. So how are do you still have any effects or are you like in the clear? Everything's good. Yeah. So once you hit five years, that's like a very big milestone to where you stop going every year to the doctor. Mm. And then um, at 10 years, you know, you go or maybe it's five years. See, this has been 12 years now. So I've forgotten. This is great. Yeah. (laughs) Moments, which sounds terrible. I think five years you go back to having the same risk of getting cancer as every other person on Earth. So once you got it through, which is probably pretty high. Just yeah. The world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but shockingly enough, like my seven year anniversary, my brother got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so he is only, I guess, you know, five years or so out from having that. But yeah. Is there any genetic component or do they know what causes it? They don't. Um, and no, they don't. And they said they, you know, you could do genetic testing, but of the billions of genes my brother right. and I would have that are similar, what would be the one that we have that my sister doesn't? Um, you know, that is what's crazy. the one factor? Yeah. So it was very wild. Yeah. Very wild. Yeah. Wow. And he, cause he only ended up getting chemotherapy. He did not do radiation cause that's mm. not the treatment route anymore. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so now you're all clear. Do you ever yep. think about it? Do you ever think like, is there any kind of worry that comes across at all? I think having a kid has brought out all these things that I suppress about any, like anything. Now I get tested regularly, like, um, MRIs on my breast to make sure everything's mm-hmm. okay. Um, which I put off for several years. Cause I was like, everything's fine, fine, fine. And then as soon as I have a kid, I'm like, well, I'm going to get cancer again. So it brings yeah. up all of these things <sighs> about not being able to be there for her, um, that I yeah. didn't really think about before because now right. it's bigger than you. Right. I know. I feel like I was just talking to a friend the other day just about how I'm hoping to start a family a little bit later. And so we were kind of talking about, you know, just 
the ups and downs of motherhood, mm-hmm. right? And I, mm-hmm. we were kind of joking. I'm like, you know, hey, tell me it's worth it though, right? Like it's worth it. And she's like, a hundred percent, absolutely. Like every pain, every discomfort, every whatever from pregnancy to birth, like, yes, it's, it's totally worth it. And mm-hmm. it is just for her, she said, been like the most healing experience and the most like learn the biggest learning experience she's mm-hmm. ever had of just like helping her heal like child her own childhood wounds yes. or like just how like your children so show up for you and like mm-hmm. mirror in this way so mm-hmm. i can see yeah. what you mean yeah yeah it's yeah. crazy it's it's taken a person who never feels fulfilled unless i'm go 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 or doing mm. the most and as complicated as having a family and a child is it makes everything simpler yeah. Like I don't oh. know how else to describe it. It's like Does it kind of narrow the focus a little yes. bit? Like it takes away the noise. Like these all things the noise. It's like are this, not important. she is all that matters. The other things don't, you know, and just acceptance and slowing down cuz that's yeah. really all the space like you have in your life and your day is to give to her. So feeling fulfilled in ways that aren't a packed schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Um, so then you, you got all better. And then is that when you started to kind of like enter the fitness world that, that was after Yeah. So the treatment first, and, really yeah. the workout I ever did after and felt strong was system of strength was, oh, SOS. Wow. so that was really like kind of bringing it all together about like, I'm not doing this physically anymore to look a certain type of way, like to be able to do a certain number of burpees or a catch and press and all these things and lift this heavy weights is because like, that's just badass. And that's what I want to feel like I can do. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't need to be the certain number or goal or any of that. Like, mm-hmm. I want to do these things today because I can. And yeah. there may be a time or a day when I can't show up or I can't do it. Um, and I just always say that to people in class too. I'm like, we do it today because we can. And that yeah. is a good enough reason. Yeah, no, totally. So you've been around fitness for a while now. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Do you see the landscape shifting at all? Like, is there mm-hmm. any, you know, like kind of younger generations coming into group fitness? Mm-hmm. Do you see like, do you see it? Do you see it shifting? Uh, yes. And I think you probably yeah. do too. Yeah. Like, I just think. I think we see through a lot of the gimmicks that got maybe our generation or our parents to where we were and what we're trying to fight against. Like, we're not, I mean, I don't, I don't know, because Instagram makes it so hard, like the flat tummy tees and all the people like slinging the shit that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I want to say we're far beyond that, but like, are we? We're making strides for sure. But one of the things I've been like really wanting to talk about on the podcast and on an episode, I'm working with a um, functional med- medicine practitioner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like went through like a gut microbiome test. Mm-hmm. Like I've had my hormones tested. Like I'm like really just like trying to kind of heal from the inside out. Yeah, right. And that's awesome. this comes after, you know, what is this? 23, 15 years of like, pretty intense workouts, you know, five to seven days a week. We talk about Mm -hmm. those doubles, right? Right. Like this idea of like more cardio, more cardio, you can't get enough, you can't get enough. And just just that like you can't, you know, take a break or the guilt that would come with maybe missing a workout Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And now here I am at 35, like dealing with some like serious cortisol issues. Like Mm -hmm. I have adrenal fatigue from likely right the stress of life right. but also the stress i've been putting my yeah. body under yes. i'm like i'm not an olympic athlete they're not right. no one's paying me to work out and i would just have this sense of like oh i gotta be in there every day i've got to right. be pushing the intensity all this stuff and i think that that piece is shifting for everyone where mm-hmm. it's like you know it's not necessarily about the number of workouts that you're doing or like how many miles you're logging. It's really more about like, what do you need? Like the quality to support you. Are you getting variety? That's what I've always loved about SOS, right? Like Mm -hmm. the strength component, the yoga component, then yes, you also, you know, you have your cardio in there. You got to get your heart rate up sometimes, but just that there's like this flat blanket approach to like, okay, just like more, 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 more. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of stepping away and the products like now that I know so much about what's going on in my own body and like, you know, specifically like hormone stuff, gut stuff. I see these, 
products on Instagram. They're like, heal your hormones with this right. elixir. And I'm like, how do you know what your hormones are even doing? Right. Do you have too much testosterone? Do you have too, is your estrogen not metabolizing right? Do you not have, pro like, you cannot expect. Yeah, it's not a blanket <laughs> approach. Yeah, this one little bottle of something that you see someone looking super fit taking that's like, I healed my hormones in two weeks. Like, no. Yes. Or right. anything that like claims to be like gut healing. You're like, well, what is it exactly that you're trying to heal in your gut? Do you know what's wrong? Mm -hmm. So it's just like craziness out there. Right. I mean, it's amazing how much information we have access to. I think to the right person that is committed and wants to understand, you know, what's going on in their body and like yep. how can I create an overall fitness regiment that works for me and what yep. I'm trying to accomplish in my life. It's amazing. And I wish that everyone used it in the right way. Yeah. I mean, are there still people that will only take three clock classes a week and cry if you take have them take a control or something and make me want to pull my hair out? Like, yes, yeah. that still exists. At the end just, of the day, you do you, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm on my journey. I'm on my, my journey, right. but you gotta, right. you gotta do your own thing. But And I will always support anyone moving in any way that they are excited about moving in like sure blanket statement like if it makes you that's what you want to do because you enjoy it and you're moving then love that <laughs> yeah 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 until you know you want to make the change on your own right like yeah. if someone would have told me three years ago you can only do one intense workout a week like that's where I am right now like mm -hmm. I can strength train three times a week she's like I you walk until your legs fall off like literally don't stop walking but you got to pick between if you want to do a hit class once a week, okay, you can do that. Or do you want to do a hot yoga class once a week? Okay, you can do that. But, you know, that's for me personally, right? Because right. of like what I've done in the past and how I haven't listened to my body. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's kind of the big takeaway, right? Listen to right. your body. If your body is like, hey, I'm feeling good, 100%. get after it. Mm -hmm. But I, but for me personally too, sometimes I would kind of, you know, fib a little bit to myself and be like, Same. yeah, I feel really good. I can silence do it. <laughs> yeah. I, correct. I totally yeah. feel that. Right. I let it go too far. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I do see the shift for sure. And just, I, I think overall what we're, what we're saying here is just this kind of going inward intuitively to mm -hmm. listen, like, mm -hmm. what is it that I need? Yeah. And it's taken me a long time to get there and hopefully future generations that time just lessens a little bit. Yeah, hopefully we're the example for them or the parents yeah. that raise them. And, yes, yes, yeah. definitely. Oh my gosh, I think of like when I have hopefully, hopefully have a daughter someday, like, oh, I'm going to be teaching her all about her period and her cycle yes. and like t eating well to support, like um, right. everything. Like it's yep. just, I can't even imagine like the difference it would have made in my life to have the resources that I have now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's crazy. So let's talk about that. Like, how has your approach to fitness changed since becoming a mom? Has it changed? Do you like look at things differently? Is your routine different? Um, ugh, what a tough question. Uh, yes, obviously the routine is different. Um, I would say I definitely don't work out outside of teaching, which will sound crazy to people, but I, I, am very fulfilled when I teach. And to me, yeah. that is like a mental and I am, we're fortunate enough that I can physically do the workout too. So that fulfills me enough physically yeah. and mentally. Like I yeah. have made that a priority. That was a very big talk between Matt and I before we decided to have children is like, that is not something that I want to give up. And, you know, if one of us is making a sacrifice for that, it, it has to be you. And if that's not something you're ready for, then we need to have another conversation. But uh, to me, that was just like so important. Like I know mm. that people give us their time and they, you know, put a lot of noise in the parking lot while they walk through the doors. But the same for all of us, I think, as instructors, like they don't yeah. know what they give me in return. Yeah. What was one of the most surprising things about like you hear getting in shape after you're pregnant. Like this is something I think about all the time, right? I've worked on my yeah. fitness for so long. I've worked to like be at this level to maintain this level of fitness. I, you know, I, I think about the strength gains and, and you just, all, you know, all the time put in. And then essentially, I mean, you're certainly not starting back at square one. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you've built a foundation, right? 
But, you know, I've, I've had friends, I've seen people, they could hold a two, three minute plank, right? And then when they get back, they're lucky if they can make a 30 second plank. Like it's, right. it, it, that is just the reality, right? Mm-hmm. How did you kind of work through kind of coming, coming back after Yeah, pregnancy? no, I think it is extremely important for people that move and do things prior to being pregnant is to continue to do that. Of course, yeah. all of this with the disclaimer of your doctor's orders and, and all sure. of that stuff being said. Um, if you were moving and doing these things before, just because you're pregnant, you shouldn't sacrifice doing any of that. Like strength training is extremely important during your pregnancy. You're going to be lifting and holding a baby in isometric positions and picking things up once they're here. So why would we stop training for the things we're going to have to do in our real life? It's just beyond silly that we would think like, Oh, I don't want to lift another weight now. Um, and then I just think that sets you up coming back because you're you're come you're in a different spot than if you mm-hmm. just stopped moving right yeah. you have your strength and then being patient and giving yourself grace of like I don't have to get back mm. to anything like I right. this is a new version of me I created life and now I am sustaining another human's life like what we're capable of is insane like yeah <laughs> when you experience Truly. that you will be you'll just be so empowered it's like I don't need to get back to anything because this is who I am now and um and I think it's extremely important shifting gears like I saw a pelvic floor therapist during pregnancy yes. and then after and I yes. can't speak highly enough of that the way that we've thought that oh you'll never do the things you did before you're pregnant or like it's totally normal to pee your pants like sure it's common but it's not normal no, right yep, so yep. doing the work that you need to do on your internal <laughs> side of things to be able to get you back physically is top priority number one before yeah. you're just going to go out and try to run or do all of these things and feel uncomfortable and just accept that is what it is now because that is not true but it yep. takes time and it takes patience it will yeah. not happen in six weeks or when you go and you get cleared to work out they're not even doing an internal exam so how do they know right. what's going on up right. in there right and <laughs> like, your pelvic floor is like literally like the coke can the base of of your core right, right. like where everything is gonna move from or should yes. be moving from shout yeah. out to all pelvic floor therapists they're yeah. a godsend and every yeah. pregnant person should not even not pregnant. If you have any issues with your pelvic floor and pressure management, there's just don't hold off on doing that. Like whatever you're experiencing doesn't have to be that way. Right. So did you you went when you were pregnant and then after mm-hmm. too? What yes. at what point in your pregnancy did you start seeing a pelvic floor therapist? Was it early so on? I wanted like- I was gonna go before because I thought I had pressure management issues and some of the glute and back pain I was experiencing. Mm. I had seen physical therapists for and done years of it but nothing was changing and just I started taking um a pelvic floor therapist like course because I was extremely interested in doing it prior to getting pregnant and then had self-diagnosed like I think I have a pelvic floor issue now like I should go now yeah um and then I got pregnant and wanted to make sure I just did a lot of the work on the front end um with breathing and also breathing. a lot of birth prep and um, like the like Matt can come and do like uh, during labor, how positions he can help with to help move the baby down and yeah. all the stuff that I truly believe is why I had such like an enjoyable labor and delivery experience. Oh, you're one of those of people. I, know, I, I love that. that. No, no, no. I <laughs> love that. I love to hear about you, your types of people <laughs> because like birth, the birthing process to me is like, I'm terrified. Like, I am definitely going to have to talk to my therapist about this. We're going to have to unpack some stuff because (laughs) I am scared. But I am just in awe of women. And, like, I want to be that woman that's, like, yeah, my birthing was joyful and pleasurable. And, like, oh, my gosh, it was, you know, natural. And the baby, like, comes out and crawls up your chest. And you're, like, you know, like, the whole thing. (laughs) My friend is a doula in Copenhagen. So, like, she's just, she gave birth to both of her babies at home in her living room like in a blow-up pool with her husband sitting there with her like crazy like I'm just like so it's so inspiring to me but it also feels like something that like I'm like not yet there yet so you had one of those like ecstatic birth experiences I did I mean it was very stressful leading up to it 
preeclampsia. I had to get induced, which mm. the biggest thing I can say is have zero expectations because whatever you think will happen will not. Okay. And then all it will do is stress you out and you will yep. be like upset that it's not this thing you envisioned in your head. You, right. I'm you know me planner. very well, Darcy. Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Type a. So I'm like, this is how it's going to go. This is the date sure. she's coming. This, this is, is the what playlist happened. and this will yep. be the song that's yep. on when yep. she crowns. Yeah. <laughs> And then two weeks, she's uh, two weeks early. She's like, hello, I'm coming now. I'm like, yeah. whoa, I had just taken a high intake class not in the morning. on my calendar, like, yeah. I was supposed to take class tomorrow. Like, you yeah. are not. I haven't said my goodbyes at work. Like, this is not happening. Yeah. So whatever you plan, it will go the opposite way. But if you Great. do the pre-work before, there's not a downside to knowing how to breathe and knowing how to push and working on your pelvic floor. I mean, it's only going to help, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, what does pre-work look like? I know a lot of with pelvic floor is like so simply breathing, Mm -hmm. like breathing through. But what is the pre-work for having a joyful birth look like? Yes. I I took um, the Bella Method has a push prep course on IG. So we'll give her a little shout out. But it was a lot about how to push. And just that it is very interesting. And I don't know if every woman's experience is like this, but she come the... um, the OB comes in. She's like, all right, we're going to push now and push like you're pooping. Okay, let's go. And it was like, I'm not kidding that fast. So if you had not known any more than that, you know, you don't, maybe some people don't have even close to the body awareness that a fitness instructor would have, right? You were going in there and that's the only coaching that you're getting leading up to that. So push how like is that pooping. setting anyone up for oh. success? Because that's inaccurate. <laughs> so it's really like her push prep course was amazing. It's a lot about like pushing all with like your abdomen with your abdominals down into okay. releasing your pelvic floor. She has visuals from when she was pregnant, so you can follow along. Um, she does exercise in there. That's a lot of great like help for any pain, pain management, continuing to build strength and stay active while you're pregnant wow. as well. But the push prep with the breathing in general and how to properly push from your core uh, versus like your pooping is yeah. very helpful. Yeah. Did you approach it? Another thing, again, in my fantasy, never been pregnant yet brain, I think like, oh, I could, I can like approach it like a workout. Yeah. You know, like, for sure. like the birthing experience, like yes. it's going to be hard. Yes. It's going to be challenging. You're going to want to quit. But like, yes. there's relief on it. You'll be so happy when it's over. Mm-hmm. Yes, it will be the biggest athletic event of your life that you are Truly. training for leading up to that. Yeah. Okay. So I we do, need I like, like stamina and yeah. need to train prior to leading into that for our own like physical endurance to be able to experience what it is we're going to go through. Like I kept telling my husband, like, that's great that you're an Ironman and everything, but like I gave yeah. birth to a human. Yeah, please. <laughs> Child's play over there. Right, right. How long was, how long did you labor? Like how long before? Oh, it was not long. (laughs) I think I, we went into the hospital like six on a Friday and she was here by 10 a.m. on Saturday. And I only had like two full contractions before she came. Wow. Okay, Darcy. So now you're just bragging. Yeah. The OB was like, I would just keep that to yourself. Yeah. That's not people's experience. I was like, oh, shoot. So. But you attribute it to the work that you put in before, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, like you're, it's your physical body like that that is what labor is is like the physicality of mm-hmm. moving that baby out mm-hmm. and down and ooh, through mm-hmm. and yeah <laughs> so I'm like maybe I just can't think about it too much right yeah. now actually don't get don't get stuck in the details or else yeah. you may never do it <laughs> yeah 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 I know I know that's that's a good that's good advice um okay so right now you're you're working out by taking classes what um what classes are you teaching you're teaching high and tight yeah, all of them. Yeah. Mind tight, clock control, oh, and the next Yeah, all of them. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That makes sense, I guess, for you. Um, what's your favorite? Can you answer well, that? Well, it's like, it goes by seasons. It kind of just mm. depends. Like, I get in vi- moments with each of them. Like, Ebb was definitely a favorite for a very long time because that's the... Uh, newest one technically I've been teaching because we just got yoga certified like finished up during COVID Mm. so it's only been three years um, of like having an official yoga cert and teaching regularly so that for a very long time like the creativity that I was able to bring incorporating like elements of mobility into like what traditional yoga is I just love what the ebb and flow at SOS has become so creative so creative I love love their yoga classes yes. yeah because it is like none no other yoga class i've taken 
Right. You pull in so many different elements. I, yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah, so yeah. that was my favorite for a while. High and tight always, you know, helped make it what it is today. So I just love it. It's like my baby, of course. Yeah. And I love yeah. lifting heavy weights for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I'm right alongside you. The minute I stopped caring about cardio and started lifting heavy weights is when my body actually changed. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's right. the truest. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Okay, so apart from like physical working out, what self-care routines, rituals must you have in place to show up as your best version of yourself? Uh, this was like a very hard one. I was thinking about it. Because, oh, really? It, well, only because of the season of life like we're in right now. Yes. Okay. Just with like a baby and we j- we're moving and all this stuff. So it's just a lot where it's very hard to prioritize these routines and rituals that totally. I may have had in place prior to her. But I think one thing that I thought about was like prioritizing what I give space and time to in my life. Mm. That has always been a form of healthcare and a routine and ritual that helps keep everything aligned in my life. Like Gretchen mm-hmm. once said a quote to me that your happiness lies between your guesses and your nose and nose come across the wrong way to people. Right. And yeah. it can hurt people's feelings, but it, at the end it's being open and honest about what you can give someone in the time and the space that you can show up for them. And that if yeah. you're not going to be able to do it at a hundred percent, it's not fulfilling you and it's, it's not going to fulfill them either or whatever this obligation is. So just, yeah, nose can be kind too. Yeah. 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 No, that's really good. That's really good. Is there anything like for me, one of my favorite self-care kind of practices that I feel like always just instantly makes me feel better is like one having like a tidy house, but then like lighting every single candle in my house and just like walking around and looking at it. That's yeah. like one of my favorite ways to take care of myself. I, that. I would take that. <laughs> yeah. Just light the, all the candles and then you just, just walk around and look them. at them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that seems actually like very nice. Oh, like start at the beginning of my house and just like slowly walk through it and look <laughs> around. And then, you know, you take in kind of like the pictures of the, of the people that you love or like little like souvenirs, trinkets, whatever. And you're just kind of like, whew. Okay. Just, you like feel down. the love of your space. Yeah. Slow yes. down. Yeah. 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 No, I need, I mean, I, I should, I need to do that. That may be my next <laughs> one. But uh, <laughs> reading, I, I do love reading. I really do mm. like enjoy it. And I haven't had as much time to do that, but like I'm always sure. want to have some sort of book and alternating between like, you know, the self help books and then the trashy novels. Oh, because yeah. Like, let's yeah. go. Bravo is for sure self-care if we want to go there, you know. Yes, we do want to go there. Are you into the Vanderpump scandal? Obviously. Scandable? Yes. I was just watching the newest episode of Vanderpump it's right before. It's cryptic now. It's, I, like, I have had a conversation on this podcast before about Scandable. I'm happy to go into it again. But I was just so curious and interested. Like, why are we all so obsessed with it? I like, it has we taken. We all feel betrayed. Yeah, it's like taken a chokehold on like every woman in America. I and I was like trying to dissect like what is it like, you know, scandals in reality TV happen all the time and like no it's not on CNN. Like is Bravo's just PR off the charts with this? <laughs> but like but it's seriously like all encompassing. Like you're just like, "Oh my god, I can't get enough. I want to know more. Like I want to see the pictures of Raquel leaving Ariana's house while she's away like what is going on yeah that has been a self-care ritual for sure for most of us (laughs) I know I know and then I'm also thinking like maybe this is like not helping the cortisol issue I'm like getting like so worked (laughs) up of like other people's lives like just don't but then I think it is kind of you know my life thankfully so is pretty drama free yeah. And I'm just like, oh, good. Everything's going well. So then you can just like observe from afar and just right. feel right. grateful for your own I, situation. I agree. I think we all like someone else having the drama that's very far arm's length away. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. Okay, Darcy, big question here of the podcast. What does being fit mean to you? Well, I mean, what a simple, right, question, but yet <laughs> so complicated at the same so complicated. time. So I think it's it's being able to live the life I want to live. And so, like, at the end of our time here, I want to, like, look back knowing that I physically 
had the ability to do the things I wanted to. And I was also like mentally able to do that pain-free in both aspects. Yeah. So while that answer is simple, the whole process to get there, right, is not. Like that takes a lot of work to be mentally sound and physically strong. Because if it didn't, we would all be there and we wouldn't be talking about what it you know means to be fit because that would be all of us and I don't I think at different aspects of our in our life like the physical is there and the mental's not or they're both gone to shit yeah (laughs) and so it just takes work on both ends and I just think that being fit means being able to do the things I want to do without having to question my ability yeah so like I want to be able to know that right now I could get in a car and go climb a mountain that if I need to pick my daughter up and run down the driveway or go on a jog with her, pull the groceries out of the car, put my own carry on in the overhead bin. Those are all things that I can do because physically I'm able to. Um, And then, you know, being able to mentally show up for my friends, for my daughter, for my husband, that's, that's way harder. Um, I know if, if only right if only it was the physical piece if only I could just work out and like right. take care of everything I would be golden right like I would never shy away from right. if it was like all right if you go to the gym you can fix a bunch of these little crisscrosses happen in your brain I'd be like there done I won't yeah. leave the gym I'll stay right. there for as long as it takes right. right but and the hardest part about the mental and that trauma is like you work through one thing and then here's another right like life is not easy and it's yeah. not one directional it's going to go up and down all the time like I think back in the chapters of my life and they feel like I've lived 10 lifetimes and five different experiences amen through all of them (laughs) and they all have their own baggage where like I think I worked through some of that but like "Mm, did I really I don't know right and then like five years later you like see a movie poster and you start like bawling in the car you're like what is that (laughs) well and like you were talking about your friend like having a kid brings up all these childhood Mm. things that you've gone through where you're like oh I thought we've been past that and all of a sudden it's like the glaring thing in my life where Mm. you know it's just it's the seasons yeah Uh, yeah seasonal for sure Mm -hmm. and pretty much never ending just like Mm -hmm. this is the point of being alive like there will just always be something yeah uh well, Darcy, thank you so much for this time. It was such a great, so I'm so happy I got to actually, it could be a two-way conversation instead of me just like talking at you to the digital studio and you not knowing that I existed. So. <laughs> no, it was so great to talk to you. I felt like I've known you forever already. Oh, I know. It's good. Well, if you're ever in Cincinnati sometime, let me know. And if I'm ever, my sister lives in Columbus. She lives like right outside of German Village. So every time I'm there, I'm like, hey, I got to like get into like the yes. OG system of strength and like be, get with one not? of these trainers. It's just, you know, it's just one of those. <laughs> I don't have a good reason. Yes. I don't have a good reason. Usually well, I'm time. like, when I leave Cincinnati, it's like this, okay, I can like, you know, I'm on vacation or right. like, I, like I can take a break. I have to think about my regular life, but I definitely want to get in there. So yes, I'll you hit have you up. To. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank Enjoy you, uh, your rest of your weekend and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye.